Artists' Voices, Life in a Pandemic is a new series of oral histories from the ESB Centre for the Study of Irish Art at the National Gallery of Ireland. These oral histories were recorded as a series of conversations with artists to document their experiences during the global COVID-19 pandemic. This series is produced with the kind support of ESB, sponsor of the ESB Centre for the Study of Irish Art. This episode of Artist Voices, Life in a Pandemic, features painter Nick Miller in conversation from his studio in Sligo on the 8th of May 2020. Born in London, Nick Miller moved to Ireland in 1984 and now lives and works in Sligo. He is a painter who works in the genres of portraiture, still life and landscape. Focusing primarily on local subjects, including the rural landscape of Northwest Ireland, he has developed a vigorous painting technique that merges representation and expressionism. He was the winner of the National Gallery of Ireland's inaugural Portrait Prize in 2014. Miller's paintings have been exhibited widely and his work is represented in numerous collections, including the National Gallery of Ireland and the Irish Museum of Modern Art. Nick generously agreed to talk about his life and work as an artist during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi Nick, thank you for joining me here this morning from your studio in Sligo. I thought we'd begin by returning to a painting that you showed at the National Gallery uh, in, in last year, in 2019, in an exhibition called Shaping Ireland, this painting was called From Pat Cogan's Shed. It's a large oil painting depicting, I suppose, what could be seen as a, a fairly typical Irish landscape of rolling hills, uh, small plots of land, some suggestions of human activity on the land. But perhaps you could uh, tell us how you approach landscape painting. And specifically this painting and, and the paintings from that series and how you engage with the landscape, particularly these types of remote landscapes that are more rural and further away from human populations. Uh, yeah, that time I was living in the area that that painting is based, which is uh, around Loch Arrow, looking towards Carrakeel, back towards Roscommon, Leitrim, uh, in Highwood. Uh, and that, even though you say it's a typical Irish landscape, it's actually not, in, in a sense, it's an extremely empty landscape. That, that when I lived in that part of the country, um, there was very little nuclear development of villages and things. The whole community was spread quite uh, dispersedly through the landscape. And, quite unusual. The, the name of the village where I lived, Kilmatrani, or the, the, the area, was really just a crossroads with a school in it where my kids went to school. So uh, it's actually an unusual part of the country in a way. And that view was painted back towards where I was living, maybe about three kilometers, but directly high up towards Highwood, looking back towards Boyle. Uh, and uh, I used to work in a in a mobile studio, a converted, large converted telecoms truck. And really all that is about, is about being able to bring the encounter between myself and uh, the world that I meet into a present moment. So I have a truck because I like to work on pole in front of what I'm looking at. So it's a way of me meeting the world and that's exactly what I do in that type of painting. I open the doors of the truck and I paint only during that time 
I don't bring them back to the studio and dicky them up and turn them into art. They are the remains of a day or however long I'm there spent in the landscape. I don't know if that's... Sure. And is your process one of driving around the landscape, waiting to discover or find a view that appeals to you that you want to paint? Or is it something more planned that you set out to a particular spot to, uh, to, to paint a, a very particular view? It was very, very particular during the period from about 1997 through to 2007, which was the period I was living and working on those landscapes. It was the, the literally a 20 mile radius of the home in which I lived. Um, partly because I had very young kids at the time, so I didn't go too far, I often needed to get back. Sometimes I just parked in the field or the road where I lived and worked very directly with things all around me in the garden and the lanes around the house. So it was all about not just meeting the landscape as a subject in terms of art history, but about being in that kind of isolated rural landscape as a human being. So it was my way of being in that landscape. And it, it opened up doors of me with farmers because nobody knows what an artist is, but they know what a man with a truck is. So things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, beyond the strangeness of art, people would walk up into the back of the truck with a relaxedness because of the, the machinery nature of the, the thing. Uh, it just, it's like a tractor or something. It's, it's had a humanizing rural aspect to it. And you continue to paint from the landscape. Is there a relationship that you see between landscape, portraiture and other genres in which you work? I do. I mean, I've, I tried, you know, it's a strange thing. The, the truck was from a time when uh, it, uh, it was very susceptible to rust. So I've still got it and it sits, but it doesn't move anymore. It sits outside my new studio looking at Ben Bulban. Um, and I paint one view every so often, same thing again and again, just because I can. It doesn't move anymore and I miss having that but I also didn't want to become I wasn't never really a landscape painter I'm a portrait painter who meets the landscape in this through portrait through a sort of similar engagement to portraiture so I didn't want to ever get kind of boxed into being an Irish landscape painter because although I am I'm not it's like I'm always trying to escape my uh, <laughs> my shackles. People know me for that because it's very particular and also has a story around it and it's very easy to kind of uh, engage beyond the paintings but actually it was an incredibly interesting uh, vehicle literally through which to meet the world. You, I, it was, a, it was a, a meeting machine, a landscape meeting machine um, and I didn't choose landscapes. I usually it was a four ton, it's a four ton truck. So I parked where I could without endangering myself or anybody else. And I was just under the limit where you needed an HGV license. So um, was had interesting times on small rural lanes meeting other vehicles. And you mentioned that you complete the painting in full in, when you're working inside the truck. So your studio practice uh, operates separately and independently to what you're doing in the truck. You have you work in a different way in the studio. 
work always, it always big. I always, I've always had several threads always going on. People tend only to see one which gets shown at a particular time. It's like a cycle of things. I've always worked sort of with portraiture, with still life, with landscape in some form. And I continue to work in all three of those in different ways now that I'm not moving in a truck. I am still working on landscape and had a whole period of maybe 10 years of working in the landscape by working in sort of temporary studios in the landscape. Uh, and again, a very different sort of process. And then now I'm working in the sea. So, uh, which is a whole different ball game because I can't paint on site yet. <laughs> Haven't yeah. yet found a way to uh, float and paint simultaneously. <laughs> And is this the most recent work that you've been doing before we found ourselves in this uh, situation of lockdown? So, I've been for about three, three years. I started swimming right. every day in the sea about three years ago throughout the year. Yeah. And I always wanted to paint the sea and never felt I found an interesting way to do it for me. A bit like the truck gave me my way to paint landscape. I needed some way to meet the sea. So the only way I could meet the sea was to get in, get in the sea. It's a very, painting is a very physical thing for me. It always has been. It's a kind of, uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's how you hold the energy of the world you meet in two dimensions. So you have to let it in to you and then you have to release it into paint. And for me, it's a physical and energetic practice rather than a kind of picture making practice it's yeah. the, the paintings for me are the leftovers of a kind of uh, way of just living yeah in 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 in, in stuff in some ways it's so uh, working i'm using memory for the first time in 30 years i'm trying to develop what what's left of my memory okay. in some ways you're developing a, a kind of a relationship with your subject matter that uh maybe comes from being a portrait painter where the portrait is a, a product of the, the portrait sitting and the time that you spend with the person, that you're spending time with the sea or with the landscape. It's exactly it. And then the reason I moved into the truck and, and then into temporary studios in landscape and then similarly why I feel the need to be in the sea is because that is the most tactile, physical sensation of meeting I can have. I need... To, I need, it's a bit because I'm a bit dumb and I need to be like slapped awake in the world. So the only time that happens is when I'm with somebody who says, wake up, Nick, I'm here, paint me, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> or and I'm in, in ice cold water, two degrees, standing there and I'm going, looking, what can I remember? What can I remember of cold water? Yeah. So I need a physical kind of stimulation. And that's like painting a person because when you're with a person, you're incredibly aware of their because they're giving you back something by their presence. You're aware of their physicality and their aliveness in a way that it's harder to kind of think about in terms of trees. And yeah. you have to you have you have to let yourself understand that with trees and grass and waves and water. It's a yeah. different thing. And I suppose this idea that you're talking about of creating a relationship with your subject matter. Uh, or the or the person, the subject that you're painting, um, all of that has has changed recently in uh, the context of the COVID nineteen pandemic and social distancing and all of the re social restrictions that we that we face now. 
that is that something that uh, has deeply affected your practice and how you were working? What uh, I suppose the scariest thing for me was I realized what an isolationist I am by the fact that everybody else is now isolated. It showed me what kind of a person I've become, yeah. <laughs> which is a fairly isolated artist in a certain sense. If you live in the northwest of Ireland, you're not hanging out in social gatherings and groups anyway. It's just not your nature. And I, unfortunately, I come, my father was a, almost a hermit. He, had a, he became a painter in uh, midlife and never left his studio for 40 years. And a piece of work never left his studio for 40 years. So I was highly trained in the art of not meeting anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of, uh, it, it, it's not that it's natural to me. It's sort of semi, I've, I've often tried to fight against it, but you become a bit like, you know, we all become our parents and we all become, yeah. well, bits of them start popping through. I suppose another way of saying that is, are you missing the kicks and slaps around the face that you said your portrait subjects would normally give you? Yeah, except I, I, one of the, I suppose I haven't been doing that many portraits in the last year or so. I mean, their portraits are, uh, it makes me really want to get back to it because when I first started painting portraits, it was literally so that I would have some company, that I would have an excuse to have. I wouldn't be spending quite so much time in the studio on my own. It's, a, it's, li it's quite a, uh, it's not a very art huge artistic decision. It's a more of a company decision. I was led to portraiture through the need for human interaction. So, uh, and that's continued, but again as you get older and you're you spend life with your doing rearing your kids and all that stuff you sort of drift slightly more from your friends and your peer groups and your this and that uh just by nature of rearing a family my kids are fully grown now but that's just kind of what happens a little bit yeah. so I, although i'm working on portraits they're less so it makes me want to get back if anything it makes me want to find a way to sort of step up my portrait practice again for company yeah could you maybe describe a normal day for you in the studio if there is such a thing well uh, yeah because i'm pretty uh i'm uh slightly obsessive or slightly repetitively obsessive so if, if nothing else has happened if i'm not working with another person or i'm not involved in a, something where i have to meet anybody else i get I, i'm up around 6 30 or something and then i i go swimming around 7 15 7 30 every day uh, the difference at the moment is a few days a week normally i would meet somebody else maybe for a swim so a bit so it has some you know social context uh, but mostly i swim on my own in the morning because i can't really use it for work unless i'm on my own because you can't it takes a lot of energy to be in the sea stay safe stay alive and try and observe stuff to let it into your brain, which you can then use later in the studio. So I do the studio, I go do the swim, I come back and I, uh, I then do, it's too, my life is too bizarre to explain to the world. I then do about an hour and a half of Qigong, which is a, a, a Taoist internal arts practice, which is to do with cultivating your energy. It's all to do, it's, it's very useful for the type of painting I do. Uh, so I do a lot of that and way more of it now during the, uh, this period because I have less to do and of other things. So 
my training in that area is zoomed up. And I'm a very slow learner. I've done it for about 30 years and I'm crap and I'll always be crap. But I'm obsessed. So it's just one of those things. And it, it very much relates to because the Taoists are very interesting and they're all about nature and letting it into you and letting it out of you. And that's all I do in painting. I don't have any complicated procedures other than that, which is way too complicated as it is. It's very hard to let the universe into you and then to release it yeah. into two dimensions. So uh, then, sorry, an hour and a half of that, then I go to the studio. And then if I'm doing a sea painting, I'd have been absorbing something of being in the water. And then I, I spend the morning or an into the afternoon working on one watercolor, trying to bring that to presence. And I can't use photography. If I introduce, if I take photos of my camera, use, I always take photographs, but if I use those, it ruins the watercolor. I have to just deal with what the fact that I can't remember things and then try and make a piece of work from that. If I'm working on the big still lives, I'll have found some plant or branch and I've brought it with me. And I'm slowly trying to finish a number of big paintings around that. But that I, I never really know what I'm going to do, except when I'm in the sea, I know I'm going to do a sea painting if it's that kind of day. Uh, this, down, this is kind of random exposing one's inner workings like this, but anyway. Yeah. Hey. No, it's, it's very interesting to hear. And I suppose the, the current situation and social distancing that we're experiencing is affecting people's lives in lots of different ways. Has it affected your painting practice, your ability to make work or to exhibit work? I'm sure it has. Can it, is it something you'd like to talk about? Not so much to make work. I kind of, it's a huge thing what's been going on and it's affecting us all in hugely strange and unknown ways. Uh, so I really didn't, uh, for, for a while I was gonna set up a Zoom project of portraiture and I was thinking about that, I was kind of excited by it. But then I kind of felt I was pushing it. I was trying to make something of the time that we're in. And I don't really think it's, for me, it, it just didn't seem right. So I kind of let it go. And it might happen again in a different way. But uh, I kept, I've kept working at a pretty slow pace. For the first few weeks, I found it incredibly hard to make anything or to make work. You're just, uh, your engagement with the news and the current the currency of what's going on sort of, just messes with the, the brain patterns for being able to make work. But then I, you kind of settle into a new normality. I'm extremely lucky in that the sea is under two kilometers from where I live, so I could keep walking and going. Yeah. every day. I kept that alive. Uh, I've been able to access my studio, which is all on its own. So I've just, um, uh, it hasn't changed that much, but the fact that you have to do this and you've no choice makes a different feeling about it. I mean, I think I'm one of the very lucky ones. I'm still being able to come to my studio, still being able to swim. And I live by the sea, which turned into a private beach on a desert island because the roads were sealed off to the rest of the population. So uh, nobody else could go there, but the few people who live nearby. So. Yeah. It's very heartening to hear that you've established a practice that you can continue in even through these very difficult times. It is a practice. You, it's actively, I have to act, actively practice it. It's not random. It, it, it's like I use it to help process the changes going on. I use the 
my own practice to help myself live through it. You, you said how you, your work or your practice in some ways responds to what's happening at the, in your environment, that what has surprised you most about uh, the, the current situation and in particular maybe the social distancing and, and what has come out of it, the changes it's made to your life or maybe things you've noticed globally, maybe where there might be some positives or negatives or what, what, what has struck you or surprised you? There's definitely a sense. I've been walking in the landscape a lot and every day, way more than I would normally do. Because not the swimming sort of usually gives me my burst of nature and that's enough. Uh, but I've been out and about and you definitely get this feeling of nature breathing a sigh of relief uh, at the stopping of our incessant activity, including my own incessant activity or the reduction in it. It's like you feel, but the, definitely the bird song has increased this year, just hugely. Uh, there's some lovely things about us not being able to manically pursue capitalism the way we have been for uh, since the Second World War, kind of this escalating consumerism and madness that we've all been part of. And, you know, I, I wonder, I, I, it, even though it frightens me in terms of how I might survive, I also wonder, isn't it a better thing that I'm not sending work all around the globe? Maybe this is, we've got to, we've got to reassess how we do all this. Maybe it isn't so bad for all stuff where we are. Yeah. I don't know. If, you know, I, 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 I'd like to think there's great possibilities for changing the world and that really that this is a, a dry run for climate. Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a dry run for, well, not so dry run, a pretty horrible run, a uh, real run for what might be facing us in a bigger way. Yeah. So that's a, in terms of good things, being stuck with one's family could be hor horrendous and has had its moments, but has also had real renewal moments where you get past the strangers of being all stuck together. My grown-up boys are back, all this kind of stuff. So you, yeah. you're in a different world and I've certainly felt good about my relationship with my wife and things like that. It's kind of, it's kind of nice moments of, uh, yeah. the, of our daily thing where we meet together and do, you know, there is something very, and, and none of us have any choice. So mm. it, it, I don't know, often like with children, limitations are very good things. We, we we flourish a little bit on limitation. Freedom is a very difficult thing to manage. Uh, so being restrained, you have to find your freedom in that or find your way to make something good happen in that. Yeah. I think that's kind of good practice for us all. Whether, I, you know, I hope everybody's let, let out into the world again soon and we all get to hug and strange things of non-physicality and not being able to, I, I notice it with, particularly with older people, I meet older people out, their natural tendency is to move towards you, to talk to you. And you have to take a step back and it's a strange thing of seeing people as both kind of human contact and the danger simultaneously. <laughs> it's very unpleasant. <laughs> no, it's, it's, one of, it's, it's, it's required for obviously health reasons, but it's been a very strange social experiment in some ways. Yeah. People For all of those things that you're talking about, the limitations on us and uh, and our relate how we engage with each other and our environment and the natural world and all of those things has been very interesting to see how we've responded to it. Well, I think also I'm, I'm 
as an artist, I'm kind of privileged in, in many ways, but I, I have practiced this. Uh, I am able to be with myself most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time when I'm not a jumping cold, freezing cold water to short circuit my brain. So uh, uh, I, I feel privileged and also have space. I have family and we're not killing each other. And you know, there's, there's, there's a big world out there which could be, has a far more horrific context than yeah. being an artist living in Sligo. And if I could ask one final question, it's obviously been a, a very difficult and traumatic time for many people. But where do you, uh, Nick Miller, see where we might find hope for the future? Or what are you looking forward to yourself carrying through from this uh, difficult period or, or seeing come from this period in, uh, in, in either locally or globally? I hope we find a way to politically move forward responsibly. That we, that we need society and we need to look after each other in societal way, that, it, that the solution isn't in kind of money, that God of money is just insane in the context of a pandemic. It's done nothing but expose how weak that system is. Uh, so I'm, I, I hope there's space for a new politic to, to grow, uh, a new political class, maybe younger people, I don't know. This conversation with artist Nick Miller from his studio in County Sligo was recorded on the 8th of May, 2020, through a video call with Donal Maguire, curator of the ESB Centre for the Study of Irish Art.